if you're a fan, especially if you're one of those fans for whom sports is core to your identity, to your friendship, the loss of sports has been a very severe challenge. That's Matthew Ball. He's a venture capitalist who's obsessed with how media and entertainment can be more interactive and interconnected. He's also a huge fan of basketball and hockey. So he's been thinking deeply about what COVID has done to live sports. Think about all of the fans who go to a match. They want to chirp. They want to praise. They want to yell advice, to critique the coach, and to scream defense, defense, defense. Uh, You can do that at home. It feels largely empty. Some of us still do it anyway. But I think everyone has felt that desire to be felt in the stadium. And while sports is back, much of that experience can't be replicated. Of course, we've always watched our favorite teams from home, and we still can right now. But we're seeing just how much of sports fandom goes beyond just watching players on a screen. We know for a fact that when you go to a movie, you laugh more than when you watch that same movie at home. We know that when you're at home, you laugh more if you're with others than if you're alone. All of those matter to the experience. We know that there are going to be many more games, many more weeks, potentially months, where this experience is missing, and we know how important that is. Sports leagues know this too, and they've actually been at the forefront of tech innovations in home entertainment for a while. They've led the way in HD, given us some of the earliest forms of augmented reality, and cultivated one of the world's oldest, strongest forms of fandom, with most sports fans rarely going to see the game in person. This idea that the at-home audience was an opportunity has existed for decades. What's changed is that that at-home experience, the ability to unite people in different homes, sitting by themselves, is not an opportunity, it's a critical solution point for the industry. This is Networked, the 5G Future, a podcast from Verizon and T-Brand at The New York Times. I'm Christina Warren. As a reporter and analyst, I've spent years covering how technology changes the way we work, play, and connect online. Throughout this series, I'm learning how this new generation of wireless technology could pave the way for some major advances in every part of our lives, from education to healthcare to music. In this episode, I'll talk with expert analysts who see sports through the lens of data and technology. Then, I'll meet with the chief information officer of the NFL to learn about how stadiums powered by Verizon 5G could give us new ways of experiencing the game no matter where we are. And that brings me back to my conversation with Matthew Ball, who's been thinking about how to recreate the missing connections between fans and players. He was especially thinking about how, in every professional sport, teams seem to do better when they play in their hometown or home country, partly because their own fans are in the stands to support them. The challenge is, of course, is, well, by definition, that means that when you're traveling, when you're not in your home country, your fans can't help. What would it take to establish a seamless two-way connection between fans at home and players in the field? And what would that experience feel like? Well, for starters, it would take an incredibly fast connection. If what you're asking for is real-time fan support, then it's a problem if the fans are one to two seconds behind. And so we do need some modernization in the delivery, the infrastructure, how fast that video and gameplay reaches the audience. We're talking about milliseconds, and to some extent that sounds absurd. Uh, We're talking about literally thousandths of a second. 
And yet, for humans, the tolerance tends to be around 50 milliseconds before we can notice a delay. And when we notice that delay, it is truly experience-breaking. That latency is distracting enough when watching a game. But it would have to be truly non-existent for players to hear fans from home, for fans to hear each other, to feel like you're there. Remember, Matthew's also an investor. So for him, this is about a whole new business opportunity, a way to give millions of home viewers new ways to participate. And I think part of the hope in interactivity is that it will give more of a reason to tune into the entire game. If you not being there for tip-off is known by the team, is known by the other fans, if the second or third minute of the match has a fan-v-fan competition, much like you see in the stadium today, then there's a reason for you to show up. When I asked what Matthew would personally want most from the next generation of sports live streaming, he answered like a true analyst. I'm data inclined. I like to know everything about what's happening. Everything that's happening, not just in terms of why a player is going left versus right, but why that player is on the team in the first place, where he historically struggles, where he usually shoots, and the odds that that shot goes in. The idea that I can't yet watch a live version of the game, that you can't see the ball in the air with the live odds based on the trajectory, That's not something that everybody wants, but the success of a number of database sites in major league sports tells you there's an audience for it. So you basically want like five real-time data terminals overlaid on top of the game as you watch at all times? I think if you keep that in the recording, it's going to horrify many of your listeners. Uh, (laughs) But as I say, you are who you are. Sports fans do have a history of obsessing over data and how that data fits into the stories of their favorite teams. The sports industry, most famously through sabermetrics, has also embraced data to help make decisions about recruiting and team strategy. Nobody gets this more than Nancy Hensley, who recently became the chief marketing and product officer at Stats Perform, which is an analytics firm specialized in sports. I think the thing I'm most excited about in my new role at Stats Perform is the fact that I get paid to talk about sports and data all day long, every day of the week. That's pretty cool. Nancy's been going to baseball games in Chicago since she was a kid. So when sports paused in the spring, she had to take a step back and grapple with what this would do to the industry, and especially to lifelong fans like her. Yeah, it was interesting when when everything kind of stopped. My first reaction was, well, you know, sports is going to come back. Mm -hmm. And I think about sitting in Wrigley Field and all of the, there was just a huge crowd of really elderly fans there. And I used to always say, hey, you know, that little old lady that's sitting out front, season ticket holder for 50 years, I totally want to be that lady. You seem totally confident that sports wouldn't go away. (laughs) Yeah. Why was that? It's one of those things that always unifies people. And because there's just, it's so beloved and it's something that we're so used to and so much a part of our lives for so many people that there will always be this pent-up demand for for sports and games. Talk to me a little bit about how sports and data came together in your life. (laughs) I have always been a data nerd, always loved it, fell in love with analytics and data when I started to see how much it can actually influence or change the course of a business. And I think that's always been one of the reasons why I love data is because it does challenge you to look at things differently. For people who've never thought about this, could you help out with a basic explanation about what sports data is? Yeah, I mean, there's 
a couple different kinds of sports data that people would refer to when they're talking about data. One is the uh, event data. So things that happen in the course of the game, how many hits, how many runs, how many errors, how many on base, how many home runs. And then there's tracking data. And tracking data really is translating players' movements to data, which help us understand things like playing styles and roles and movements on the field and deeper analytics. What's the process there? Because obviously there's a tremendous amount of data that is being collected so that you can put these you know, models in a tool so that the coaches or the recruiters or whoever else can have access to them. But how, how are you capturing that data? We do about, I think, about half a million events a year that we cover. We also can pull data from broadcast video using computer vision. You can think of it almost as a time machine. We can go back and pull that tracking data, that deep data, out of an actual broadcast video. So where's the whole world of sports metrics going to go next? I actually think that it's going to be shifting more towards that fan experience and providing a highly personalized experience with the data and information that that fan wants in the palm of their hand. More analytics, more statistics, more knowledge, a deeper knowledge even at a specific player level. I think a lot of people really want to know more about the players that they love mm-hmm. and a more personalized experience to what they what they are used to with sports. How important, though, is it for that data to be in real time and to be, I guess, in sync with what's happening, especially as the live experience of sports changes? I think very important. Um, a lot of the analysis that teams do today is very much rearview mirror. Um, not enough live predictions. I think we're getting better and better at it today. But I think when you when you think about when you're watching a game and something happens that you don't agree with, you're always like, why would that? Why would that coach make that call, or why would they put that person in as designated hitter? Like you want to know at that time what the strategy of the game is. And because of some of the technologies that are coming available on the consumer side, like my phone that's got 5G, for example, can do more than my phone of four years ago, we are in a good position to enable that, let's call it a second screen experience. Say if we all had 5G connections fully up and running, what would be the dream feature or a dream viewing experience that you would be most excited about as a fan? Oh, I would love to have, <laughs> like, be able to choose the players I want a deeper level of live statistics on deeper statistics than just what you see on the screen. I think 5G can definitely enable some of that. I also think that when we get to the point where as a fan, and I have a second screen experience and I can personally have different camera angles, I don't want the cameraman to choose which angle I want to look at this angle of the field, right? And maybe it's because you're looking at your favorite player. Maybe it's because you just want a different view. And I think none of that would be capable with a a slower technology. I think 5G is going to be able to give us a really good second screen experience because of the low latency capabilities there. As you're building out this new ecosystem of sports data for fans, what is the biggest challenge that you're going to face? I always feel like you've got to make sure that you're not overwhelming fans with information, right? You want to give them the signal through the noise, not give them so much data and statistics that they can't find meaning in that. Really understanding the the different segment of fans and what they want, I think is going to be really, really important and probably the biggest challenge we have. What do you think that fans want out of this? Like, what do you see you know, working to kind of engage fans and bring them into this this data-rich world? So I really think people 
focus on specific players that they love. And so they want a little bit more in-depth data about their favorite players. I think they're also really curious about players coming in um, that are new to the team and league that they know and what, you know, what they can do, maybe some predictive data about this kid that just came up from the minor leagues. It's one thing to have data and do analysis, but the person who can tell the story around that data is the one that's going to get the most engagement. Nancy, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And next year, you and me, Wrigley Field. Absolutely. Thank you, Christina, for having me. And I will take you up on that because there is nothing better than an afternoon at Wrigley. Fans like Nancy and me are holding out for the day when we can come back to the stands and just enjoy the game with our friends and family. But in the meantime, the NFL isn't waiting to keep that feeling going. They're moving full speed ahead, using Verizon 5G Ultra Wideband to start creating more immersive experiences for people in the stadiums and at home. I'll find out more after the break. Verizon 5G Edge is the world's first mobile edge computing platform with AWS Wavelength, and it's rolling out in select cities around the country. It's built right, so faster speed and ultra-low latency now come to mobile and connected devices, paving the way for a wide range of transformative applications. The implications for rapid innovation are staggering, and now businesses and developers can harness its power, today and into the future. Verizon 5G Edge is here, from the network businesses rely on. Welcome back to Networked, the 5G future. I'm Christina Warren. Talking to investor Matthew Ball and sports stats guru Nancy Hensley highlighted the devotion and analysis that surrounds sports. Those conversations also pointed to how Verizon's 5G network could enable new innovations when it comes to how we watch and talk about the game. To find out exactly how this could happen, I went straight to the source. I'm Michelle McKenna. I am Chief Information Officer at the NFL, and I'm responsible for the league's technology strategy and deployment across all of our league activities, including game day. My name is Sanyugita Shamsundar. Um, I lead the technology development and innovation um, organization at Verizon as part of the global network and technology organization. The NFL and Verizon have partnered to bring 5G ultra-wideband to 22 NFL stadiums with more in the works. And they've taken us through each and every step of the way on enabling our stadiums to be the most connected and the most amazing in-stadium experiences in the world. 5G is going to bring on really cool applications that the fans will see, but it's also going to power so much of how we actually transact the game as well. Sanyugita, can you tell me more about why the stadium is a good setting to help kind of realize the power of, of 5G? Yeah, so I think it's a fantastic petri dish, if I may use the word. It is action-filled. It has consumers. Most importantly, year over year, the amount of data our fans consume in stadiums is a testament to the fact that connectivity is an important part of the fan experience inside. So it gives us a chance to test not only some of the things such as like wayfinding, but also individually uh, what fans can can consume on their phones, whether it be other games that they are watching at the same time that they are in the stadium or sharing content with their friends who are outside of the stadium, several million watching at home as well. So we as a connectivity provider, both mobile and home, cannot ask for a better partnership 
You talked about the fan experience and why that's important. I'm curious, Michelle, why is the fan experience so important, especially when we're thinking about you know trying to deliver that experience to people who are at home right now? We know that a big part of the success of our game is fans in attendance and fans sitting in those stands and the energy that comes from that. And with 5G, we believe there are applications that can put them physically in the stadium. They can choose a seat to sit from uh, one day and see the game from that angle. They can move around and have different virtual reality type experiences, all augmenting the in-stadium experience with, of course, continuing to make that home experience great. So, you know, while we always believe the best place to watch a game is in the stadium, uh, we do want to make that excitement available to as many people as possible. And 5G and the applications that we're building on top of such uh, fast and reliable connectivity is what's going to make us be able to do that. Just uh, the other day, we released a watch together app where you could, you know, watch together with three or four friends a game and you didn't have to switch out to a different medium. So you're experiencing the game as well as your interactions with your friends in the in the same app. Earlier this year at the Super Bowl, we had a way to stream multiple angles from even within the stadium and then also have AR stats overlaid uh, by, by player. Uh, so all that requires a lot more bandwidth and a lot more compute needed to process this. And essentially, COVID has has accelerated some of these experiences as well and given us an opportunity to test some of these in the near term. And I'm just curious, what does 5G mean for broadcasting football games? At a stadium, there are hundreds of different cameras. One of the use cases that we, you know, we were working with with the NFL was be able to have the flexibility to place cameras at will as the production starts, right? Uh, you don't have to plan way ahead of time because 5G provides that flexibility to move the cameras around to wherever you want and, and, and broadcast from whatever location inside the stadium. So that's a 5G broadcast uh, type of a use case. It provides some of the flexibility, removes some of the friction in terms of planning from a broadcast view point. Just think about a sort of cordless camera. You know how you have Wranglers that are running everywhere with cords, things that are plugged in for speed and reliability of connections. I mean, the day when we can literally cut the cords on all of the technology that you see on the sideline um, will be revolutionary. When the network is fully available and you get to cut those cords, how will the stadium itself change? How will that experience change? I think just the whole touchless environment, which the situation that we're in right now made us uh, move to that very quickly. There are certain things where we have to be plugged in, so like a ticketing situation. So just imagine that everything's mobile and you get to just walk in either using some sort of biometric and you just walk in. Uh, Ingress and egress in and out of stadiums would get much better. So then what's the biggest single challenge in realizing this vision of what we're talking about with stadiums, with being able to have so much of it go wireless? Our stadiums are very unique. You cannot apply sort of standard uh, corporate protocols and have it work. To light up a stadium for 5G means you've got uh, the bowl, the lower bowl, the concourses, the parking lots. Unlike if you were to put 5G in the middle of a city park, where it could easily cover all of the acreage of the park, 
We also have probably one of the hardest things I learned coming to the NFL is we have a major frequency congestion issue in our stadiums. If you imagine all the types of things, everybody's got to watch, everybody's got a phone, all the players have chips on them. We've got multiple tablets along both sidelines. We have every camera, we have every remote microphone. All of those use up frequency. And so the other good thing about 5G is where it's going to be operating and in the frequency band that it's going to be operating will help move some of the congestion out of other places. Solving that is not an easy task, and Verizon uh, is the leader in this space, and so we rely on them to help us with that. So where do you think professional sports are heading in the coming years, and how does 5G play into that? It's going to be seamless in the sense that the fan doesn't think about it twice while doing it. Whether you're consuming this at home or whether you're consuming it in the stadium is basically uh, going to be driven by connectivity, Uber connectivity everywhere and a lot of compute power because many of these things you're relying on data-driven technologies such as AIML. And when we talk about data-driven technologies, uh, you cannot do that without a strong connectivity paradigm. Sandy Gita, Michelle, I'm so excited to think about the future and what this means for live sports. And I'm really looking forward to getting back into a stadium that's been set up with all of these Verizon 5G capabilities. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Oh, you're welcome. It was great. It was so fun to talk about 5G. And we know it's going to change everything, including sports. Whether you're a data-hungry sports nerd, a super fan who's missing the feeling of being fully immersed in a live game, or even a casual fan who wants a more interactive experience, the arrival of Verizon 5G stadiums connecting to your 5G devices at home could open the door to a new age of sports fandom. With more ways to see the action, follow the stories and strategies of your favorite teams, and experience every season together. On the next episode of Networked, what can the music world learn from people who first found their own passion for music online? And what does the future of live performance sound like? So now I'm thinking, what happens with AI? Because that's going to change what's possible for music. Music doesn't have to start at zero and end at three minutes. It can be more infinite, it can be more flexible, and it can be more unique or more custom to the listener. I'll find out how artists, fans, and live experience creators are adapting to make sure the beat goes on. That's next time on Networked, the 5G future by Verizon and T-Brand at The New York Times. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to know more about how innovators are exploring how to harness the power of Verizon 5G, check out the new documentary Speed of Thought on Amazon Prime Video or speedofthoughtfilm.com. I'm Christina Warren. See you next time. Verizon just turned on 5G across the country, with the coverage of 5G nationwide, and in more and more cities, the unprecedented performance of 5G Ultra Wideband, the world's fastest 5G. 5G Ultra Wideband is so fast you can download an album in seconds. Verizon 5G won't just change how your phone works, it will change everything. This is the 5G America's been waiting for, only from Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis during the period January 31st through April 30th, 2020.